The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Yes, Scott. Yes, Scott. Yeah. We are the best around, aren't we? Yeah. I think we are. I can't see anything ever keeping us down. But no. I'm Vin. And I am Scott Son. Don't reveal it yet, Scott. <laughs> All right, let's just say off the bat, we are the Trilogy Podcast, the only podcast in the universe devoted strictly to trilogies, movie trilogies. No reboots, no straight to cable. Mm-mm. We're bringing trivia, we're bringing info, we're bringing comedy, we're bringing more. To hell with that movie if they made four, Scott. Yes, to hell with the movie if they made four. It's a rhyme that we've constructed yes. to illustrate how we feel about this particular thing. Yes. As trilogy aficionado. slam poetry for you. Right, now you said son after my name earlier, and in doing so you sort of reveal which movie we're going to tackle. Well, I mean, I think if you haven't figured it out with the song and that little, little I know. taste for you. Get out of here, really, man. But, you know, I, I think it's time to reveal. I think you should do the honors because... Scott, this movie is... This movie trilogy is better than both the Batman trilogy and the Avengers trilogy combined, two of our more recent trilogies. Combine them into one mega trilogy, and this is still better. And that is the Karate Kid trilogy. Karate Kid. Oh, I've been so excited about this. Yeah. I can't even tell you. You forced me to do these superhero things, and like a trooper, I've played along. I get it. They're more popular. But, but this, you know, now this is big time relevant now with uh, YouTube putting out Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, all we of a sudden. We, of course, did a trail bit on that. People are talking about it a little bit, so it was worth now finally doing yeah. the Karate It's in the zeitgeist. Trilogy. It's in the public uh, interest. So. I hate using the word zeitgeist, but in this case. Hey, I didn't feel good about it when well, I said it. You know, for me, the Karate Kid is the kind of movie, and very few movies fit into this category for me, but I'm sure you have some too. Yeah. Where it's like an old friend. Where I've seen them so many times that it's, I get to a point where I can really kind of make fun of them in a comfortable way. Like an old friend, you tease them and you joke right. with them. And so now I'm really very comfortable tearing apart these films because I love them so much. Yeah. Um, and, and other movies that maybe fall into that category for me and my generation would be The Goonies, would be Annie. These are other movies Solid for choices. me that I've seen a lot of times and just love to, to, uh, to mock. Yeah. In a loving way. Solid. What are your movies that are like that? You've seen a ton of times, but your 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 instinct is to kind of mess with them. Well, I, I have the movies that I, I love because you don't have to think about them, and then it's even more fun to rip them apart. Like, um, there's a little movie called Virtuosity, starring Denzel yeah. Washington and Russell Crowe. Okay, I've, I know the uh, movie. It's a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. But I've seen it like 400 times. Like, I've seen, it used to be on cable all the time. Sure. Watched it a million times and never made any sense. Sure. And like the, it's one of those like '90s technology. So like you watch it now and you're like, wow, what the <laughs> fuck were you talking about? Like this didn't happen. Yeah, that was not correct at all. And you thought this was like ten years in the future. <laughs> like, just because I'm carrying around the joy of killing your family inside me, doesn't mean we can't be friends. You know, right off the bat, you have to really verify the fact that this is a trilogy. Yeah, we always want to confirm that these movies are trilogies. Nowadays, with the world of reboots and different forms of media, but and, you know, Cobra Kai is on YouTube, another form right. of media. You know, you have to reestablish the fact that ultimately these things began in three movie sets trilogy. Right. 
they made the next Karate Kid starring Hillary Swank. Yeah. But the title says it all right there. They were starting a new story. Right. All right. Like Daniel and Miyagi story finished. And this was Miyagi and a new student. And we've already talked about the fact that just because one character goes on, that doesn't necessarily disqualify a trilogy. A perfect example right. is the fact that we've got the uh, the Ocean's uh, 8 movie coming out. Yes. And isn't uh, Matt Damon making an appearance in that film? Uh, I think that's what they're talking about. Um, I, I mean, she's also like does. the sister of uh, Danny Ocean. So look, so there's a tenuous connection, but that... it doesn't disqualify the Ocean's films from being a trilogy. No, one, not at all. One character moving on doesn't disqualify. Them. Right. Nor it, does the existence of Cobra Kai. Or even like any of the, you know, we talk about the Avengers for so fucking long. Like a lot of them are you know, offshoot characters that end up having their own trilogies and stuff like that. It doesn't disqualify them. And listen, don't get us wrong, folks. There's plenty of films we'd love to be trilogies, but wound up being a straight-to-cable add-on or wound up being... Or they came back 25 years later and made a terrible fourth one. Uh, Exactly. In the case of Indiana Jones. You think we don't want to do Indiana Jones for you? You don't think we want to do Lethal Weapon? These movies... I would have loved to do Indiana Jones for you. Look, the idea Look what they've done. we're strict, <laughs> but in this case, with the Karate Kid, it's very fair to call the Karate Kid a trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and I think that our old pal, my roommate and nemesis, Trilogy Bot, is going to tell us what kind of trilogy the Karate Kid is. Go! The Karate Kid is a two-to-tango trilogy. It involves two guys usually united against a common foe. Most of the time, they aren't as flabby as you pathetic freaks are. I can't, sometimes this part of the show hurts me because I have feelings too. And when a robot digs at me this way, yeah, it seems oh, to bounce off you. But, but where I, would he be without you? He, I mean, you know, how would he, he would have never been created. You know what? It's just acting. I've got to gather you myself know. up. You're right. It's all acting. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. The one thing he didn't really mention is the fact that what makes this an interesting two to tango trilogy is that the two people in this have a different relationship than a lot of the two to tango trilogies. Yeah. Most of the time these guys are equals. And in this case, we have a mentor student relationship or a father son relationship. Sure. That's, that's the dynamic here. Yeah. And something probably that also drew me to this trilogy as well. When the karate kid came out, I was a kid living with just my mother, my father had passed away. So that dynamic was not unfamiliar for me as well. Right. And I, maybe I was looking for a small Asian man to teach me the ways of the. You could still find a small Asian man. Teach me the ways of karate. Karate. Scott, I am so excited to hear your plots for my beloved Karate Kid. I'm going to say it right now. I think that only the Godfather trilogy is a series of films that I know as well as the Karate Kid. For whatever reason. In my own personal. Zeitgeist, if you will, in my own psychological temple of thoughts. Yes. As described by Hannibal Lecter. Temple of doom, if you will. I may not. Scott, are you (laughs) threatening me? Look. Um, Uh, So, yeah, I can't wait to hear your sort of take on these plots. We should do it. All right, let's jump into it. All right. Uh, As usual, of course, I'm uh, trying to be as vague as possible with these plots. Always, Uh, always. uh, And uh, spoilers ahead, of course. And uh, You better have seen these films, damn it. You should probably go watch them. At the very least, one and two. They're they're all on Hulu, which I think is strange because Cobra Kai is on YouTube. They should have gotten the movies, don't you think? Well, maybe. That's a good point. a smart idea, but they blew it. 
look, at the very least, you should have seen one and two. All right? Yes. So here we go. You can here skip you- three. Sure. Um, so here we go. We're going to start off with The Karate Kid. Do it. Why do you keep saying it that way? They're trying to give it some, you know, yes. Karate Kid. That's better. An Italian teen from New Jersey. <laughs> you had racial immediately, huh? Yeah, of course. You Not going to shy away you from got. that in these films. Oh, they didn't. No, they didn't. An Italian teen from New Jersey moves to California with his mother. Dean gets invited to an end-of-summer beach party where he meets a girl whose ex-boyfriend is a karate champion and member of an evil karate dojo. <laughs> Scott, stop right there. I love that you use the expression evil karate dojo. Because yeah. one of the things I wrote down above the line for all this is that there has never been an evil karate dojo in the history of the world. I don't think that dynamic has ever really occurred. No, never. Just saying. Doesn't exist. Made up. Maybe one was inspired by the Karate Kid and the success of Cobra Kai, but... Perhaps. After the fact. Yeah, inspire, you know, life imitating art. Yeah. Yeah. But, no. Go on, go on. rampant gangs of... Evil dojo. Evil dojo. That's like saying evil church. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Well, okay, that was a bad example. Go on, Scott. <laughs> the karate champ kicks the Italian kid's ass for talking to his ex. And when school starts, bullying continues. The Italian kid ends up befriending the old Japanese handyman who works in their complex. On Halloween, the Italian kid gets cornered by the evil dojo, only to be saved by the old Japanese handyman, who also turns out to be a karate master. Mm-hmm. The old Japanese handyman agrees to train the Italian teen so he can fight the evil dojo in a karate tournament. <laughs> Through a series of menial tasks, the Italian kid learns karate. At the competition, the Italian kid makes it to the semifinals, when the evil dojo master instructs one of his students to injure the Italian kid. What? The old Japanese man does some magic shit with his hands. <laughs> And the Italian kid fights in the final match and beats the evil karate dojo. See, you're making this into a superhero movie because we were just doing the Avengers and Batman. Don't try and bring this into your world. It's my world. Uh, well, you know what? I thought we were done with superheroes, but Miyagi's got superpowers. You actually That's never right. explained. I, it, he does have superpowers. The yeah. idea that he is able to heal anyone just seemingly yeah. by doing a very weak and bizarre massage. Yeah. He's like Yoda in a way. Well, that and his amazing fighting skills well into his 60s. Yes. Crazy. Karate Kid 2? Karate Kid 2. Here we go. Mm. Six months after the tournament, the old Japanese man receives a letter telling him to come home to Japan as his father is dying. And the Italian kid joins him. The old... <laughs> Just coming along for the ride. Well, you know. Didn't want to go to Fresno. Always an issue. Mother dragging him all over the country. What is her deal? Well, eventually she's like, fuck it. Miyagi can raise my son. That's to the point. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, thank God. (laughs) And I know it in her mind. She's calling him Mr. Teriyaki, not Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Teriyaki. To me, I I say she's saying to herself, all right, you can go to Okinawa with Mr. Teriyaki, whatever you say. (laughs) Whatever. I don't understand any of it. She's like, whatever. Go to Japanese with Mr. Teriyaki. I'll just make sure you call me. That's how I think of her. Ma, her name's Miyagi. 
Come yeah. on. <laughs> Daniel's job to constantly correct people's pronunciation of Miyagi's name. <laughs> All right, we get it, okay? We get it. It's because he got corrected, and he just wanted to see what it felt like. Because in California, all they care about is the karate, not the culture at all. It's obvious. <laughs> they have no respect for, like, the Asian culture behind it, but they're like, fuck yeah, karate can kick some ass out. The old Japanese man tells the Italian kid that he left Japan because he protested against the arranged marriage of the woman he loved to his best friend. When his best friend wanted to fight to the death, he ran to America. When they arrive... They are greeted by the Japanese man's best friend and his nephew. The best friend still wants his fight to the death, and after the Japanese man's father dies, the best friend gives him three days to mourn, and then they fight. <laughs> after a few nasty run-ins with the best friend's nephew, the Japanese man decides to leave before the fight. The best friend threatens to bulldoze the Japanese man's entire village if he doesn't fight. The old Japanese man finally <laughs> agrees to fight. But that night, <laughs> a horrible storm ravages the village. Almost as if the gods don't want these two men to fight. Yes. And they're willing to sacrifice this village Almost to make like their point. Almost like it was point. his father who had just passed, perhaps, yeah. was yeah. intervening Coming. and trying to kill yes. him. By... I never thought of that before. Yes. Yeah. The father is angry and comes in the form of a storm. Yes. You know, we've already established that you believe that Miyagi is magical. There's some magic there. All right. I think a little bit. Definitely, because in both movies, Miyagi does a magic trick. In the first one, he breaks a bottle that is standing upright when he's insulted by the men at the beach. And in the second movie, which you're talking about right now, he breaks the log across Sato's chest. Yes. So Miyagi always has at least one little magic thing he does. Yes. Yeah. that night, a horrible storm ravages the village, trapping the best friend in the wreckage of his house. The Japanese man and the Italian kid help save his life, and the best friend forgives the Japanese man. They decide not to fight. The village gathers to watch a young Japanese girl, who the Italian kid has the hots for, <laughs> perform a ceremonial dance. When the best friend's nephew demands to fight the Italian kid. <laughs> The Italian kid reluctantly fights and defeats the evil nephew. Moving on to Karate Kid Part 3. Oof, all right. After they return from Japan, the Italian kid and the Japanese man find out their apartment complex has been sold. (laughs) The Japanese man takes in the Italian kid, and they decide to open a tree store. Really strange. Yes. Meanwhile... Two worst businessmen couldn't have existed, by the way. (laughs) Ah, look at this shitty old building I got, Mr. Miyagi. (laughs) It's going to work out great. No sense of inventory. They're always looking to sell something to get inventory. It's an issue all the time. We're just trading back and forth. Plan ahead. Meanwhile, the coach of the evil dojo from the first one visits a psychotic billionaire war buddy of his who has been funding the evil dojo and tells him (laughs) he's giving up. The psychotic billionaire decides to exact revenge on the Italian kid and the Japanese man for winning the competition in the first one. To do this, he hires top fighters to join up, and they try to force the Italian kid to enter the competition several times. (laughs) Almost nonstop. Yes. When the Italian kid finally gives in, he asks the Japanese man to train him so he can defend his title. The Japanese man refuses 
and the Italian kid starts being trained by the psychotic billionaire, who forces him to practice techniques that cause him several injuries. Hmm. When the Italian kid decides not to fight, the billionaire's true agenda is revealed, and they jump the Italian kid, who is saved by the Japanese man. Again. The Japanese man finally... <laughs> the Japanese man finally agrees to train him. At the competition, the billionaire and the evil dojo coach tell their fighter to inflict as much damage as possible. <laughs> the evil dojo coach. Evil dojo coach. <laughs> Great. Uh, while they taunt the Italian kid and the Japanese man, the Italian kid is severely injured in the match again, yep. but is able to defeat the evil dojo again. <laughs> by, doing, by doing something ridiculous. Yeah. Again. Ultimately. Kata. <laughs> something ridiculous. Kata. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? That's what it really comes down to. Those... Three movies. Yeah, that's that's the trilogy right there. Well done, Scott. Well done. Why, thank you. So, Karate Kid, 1984. Karate Kid 2, 1986. In fact, they started making it immediately as soon as they finished making the first one. In fact, some of that footage overlaps there. Yeah. And the Karate Kid 3, 1989. 1989. Oh, boy. Grown up, almost grown up Daniel, but. Well, Daniel is super old, actually, in all of these movies. Yeah. I always had it as a joke that even in the first movie when he's playing a teenager, he's got, like, a wife named Phyllis. Like, to me, a very an older man's wife with an older-sounding name. Yeah. His wife at home, Phyllis. Aren't you supposed to be 15? What are you... How old was he in the first one? He was well into his 20s. Really? Yeah. In the first one? Yes. Jeez. Yes. Okay. Um. So, Macchio. Ralph Macchio. You know... I liked him. I always liked Ralph Macchio. He's probably most famous for two other films, The Outsiders, where he had a smaller part. Yeah. Um, and, of course, My Cousin Vinny. Yes. Where he played the uh, the title role, one of the two title roles. He was the Mai. Yes. He was the Mai. He was referring yes. to himself. My Cousin he was Vinny. The, he was he the had cousin. The, well, he said the line. He said the... My Cousin Vinny! And he's got this weird sort of intense way of talking to himself that I always like about Ralph Macchio. Yeah. It seems like he's always kind of questioning himself. He's yeah. He's got an internal monologue that, that yeah. you know what? That was, he's like, even I don't think I'm that good at this. That was appealing when he was a kid that becomes less appealing as he gets older. Yeah. To definitely. the point where now in Karate, in, in uh, Cobra Kai, you're like, all right, yeah. shut up already. Yeah. In the beginning of the first one, like, he's kind of like, you know, like, oh, this kid's, I like this kid. He's got yeah. charm to him, you know? He's. Yeah. He's got spunk, kid. <laughs> um, so I always thought it was kind of funny, though, that Machio, there's a big shot of Machio hugging Vinny at the end of my cousin Vinny, and you can see tears running down out of his eyes. And it's like, all right, I get that you're right, playing it straight, down. but it's really a comedy. I so he started along with Pat Morita. Yep. Most famous for Happy Days. Yeah. All right. That's Pat Morita. They only tacked on that Noriyoki Pat Morita because the part had a little bit more... You know, it was more distinguished. I yeah, suppose. but I, and it harkened back to his his Asian roots. Yeah, but yeah. I remember like any other time you saw him speak. Besides this, you're like, he's oh, not. A, like, he's, he's very doesn't have. Yeah, no accent whatsoever. Exactly, like, and he played in in Happy Days. He was the whole thing is he was kind of a goofy guy. Yeah, you can't play Arnold. I I I I, I can't I can't play Arnold. I am Arnold. I'm the only Arnold that the world has ever seen. You're Japanese and Arnold's Chinese. So, well, you guys are the one that said pick an accent. 
Johnny is played by William Zabka. Yeah. All right. Now, William Zabka was in some huge, huge parts. Quintessential 80s roles. I mean, 80s roles. Yeah. Okay. And it, um, what? Patton did that famous thing, that famous monologue you can find on YouTube where he describes how Johnny is really the victim, is really the protagonist of the Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, he links the other films as if it were one contiguous universe and the Johnny character existed in all these films as the same person. And yeah. that would be um, Back to School, where he's uh, the antagonist. Uh, goes back to school. Yeah. His son, one of the most unappealing and ugly young actors in the history of film. Yeah. Every time he was around, you're like, oh. uh, in that, that scene when he looks up to that girl and is, she's much taller than him and he's like, I'm in love with you. And she's like, I'm in love with you. And they, he has to get him tiptoes to kiss her. You want to throw up. Well, I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. You really want William Zadka to win or whatever. Yeah. But then he's like, I got a really bad cramp. I've been having really bad cramps all week. Like he sets up Dangerfield's son to fail. Yeah. And he doesn't fail. So whatever. There's also he's also in um just one of the guys, another 80s film, as well as the part of Jack in um, National Lampoon's European Vacation, the daughter's uh, oh, boyfriend yeah. that she's obsessed with. Oh, that's right. some really kind of big 80s film yeah. you know, that he's in. And I like that he's getting a chance to really kind of shine now in Cobra Kai. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. He's he, really, he does pretty good. Does I didn't expect well. much of him at all. But yeah. yeah. But it's become popular now. Very popular. To, to make it seem as if Daniel's like the asshole in these films. Which I don't understand at all. Again, I get the joke. I get, what's the guy's name? William Pat. I always forget his first name. John Patton. Patton Oswald. Johnny Lawrence owned the universe in 1984. The universe was, to him, the wealthier part of the San Fernando Valley and not that shithole Reseda. I get the joke that Patton Oswald is trying to make. It's kind of, it's kind of a fresh take for those mm. of us that grew up and came up with this movie. I get it. But now I'm seeing other little gags. Look at Cobra Kai, for God's sake. Is based, yeah, based on they're that whole making idea. him. They're, and they're they like, listen. let's see it from his point of view. And they're confronting yeah, those very things that Patton Oswalt and other people have said that yeah, it was a an illegal kick in the first movie, or yeah, yeah you did steal his girlfriend, basically, right. Daniel. Come on, yeah. But it's not so cut and dry. We really have to look at him as the true antagonist of this. We should also mention, as far as the kind of main characters in the trilogy. Uh, we have to mention Martin Cove as John Kreese. Yep. All right. Uh, he, he's in all, all three of them. All, all three of them. Um, and he he's mostly famous for being in Cagney and Lacey. Oh, really? You have a problem with that? Um, Elizabeth Shue in the first film as well. Yeah. All right. Also, she's also a trilogy star. She, she was is. also in uh, Back, Back to the, the Future. Future. So, and though she is only in the first film... She's really the prime female love interest for all three films. The third one didn't have a female love interest, and the second one was really alien. The, the love affair only existed out on its own island, literally and figuratively, right. in the Pacific. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those are the main characters. All right, we'll talk about the rest as we get to them. Sure. Moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think we also will talk about the music as we go to. Because I think the music of The Karate Kid is especially funny. Bill Conti does... The sweeping themes. Yeah. All right. And that's great stuff. He's he's a veteran. 
Yeah. All right. Um, he well, he often does the work, works alongside of the director of the film. All right, John Avildsen, who if you know is a Hollywood director, has a long list of credits. But if you look at his long list of credits, the only things that are anything are the Rocky films and the Karate Kid films. Yeah, that's it. All right, and how similar are these films? Yeah, let's not get ourselves there. The first pretty Rocky, similar. the second Rocky, and then the first Karate of your training. It, they match up pretty well. Yeah. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Hey! Now this is me, Augie! We did it! We did it! All right! Woo! He got that formula down. Yeah. Pretty good. Except the difference is the focus of the Rocky films is really the love story, especially the first Rocky. It's that love story with Adrian. In, in The Karate Kid, the love story is secondary to the Miyagi-Daniel relationship story. It just yeah. is. Yeah. All right? But there's enough of it there that girls liked the movie at the time. Guys liked the movie at the time. Let me tell you, Scott, it was a very hot, hot movie when it came out. People were talking about it. It was both critically beloved and it was beloved by all audiences. There was never a time where people didn't love, the, especially the first Karate Kid. And to a lot, in a lot of ways, the second one. The two, re, in a big way, go together. Yeah. Because you have Daniel's story and then you have Miyagi's Miyagi story. story. Um, but they, were, they made a lot of money, the first and the second, and then the third fell off in a big way. Wax on, right hand. Wax off. Left hand, wax on, wax off. God, man, I love the Karate Kid so much. It starts off. I felt like that was me when I was a kid. I'm, my family from, it was from Newark. Yeah. All right. And, you know, just single parent going across the country. I don't know. That doesn't mean I wanted to go across the country, but. Right. But you could relate to, like, if what if I went on this In a big way, man. This? In yeah. a big way. And I was a swarthy. I'm half Italian. My mother is not the Italian half. Yeah. Daniels is. But. You know, I, I got it. I got where it was coming from. It was kind of cool that he could roll into a new town and get the hot blonde girl, mm-hmm. you know? So. I, I think, uh, speaking of the, the opening of this movie, you know, it, it's been a while since I've watched it. But as it starts, it's just Newark, New Jersey on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And then this wide shot of the station wagon just leaving. That's right. And they have a whole dubbed over conversation in the car of like, yeah. come on, Daniel, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Like, <laughs> yeah, Ma. We've never met these people. It's like the weirdest opening where you're like, um, reveal the that's people where you to get me. a flavor. That's where you're, it's, a little, it's a hint at who we're going to yeah. see. You know, it's a little taste. But then it kind of goes into this like weird, like shining type intro. Like you remember <laughs> the shining when they're driving up the hill and you see all the mountains and it's well, like that yeah, long. It's, it's an alien thing. Yeah. You know, you're kind of like, uh, yeah, it, I mean, I think it, it's weird just to get information right off the top. Like we're in Newark, New Jersey, and then they immediately leave. Maybe it's a departure. Ten minutes for, later, they're in Mountain. Maybe country, it's a, like, maybe it's a departure for director Avildsen as well. That he's leaving New Jersey, Philadelphia area, and he himself is moving his story, his yeah. storylines out to California. Yeah, you're gonna love California. You get up in the morning, you roll out of bed, plop, you're in your swimming pool. Yeah, sure. All right, you'll see. You know, this isn't exactly a dump we're moving to. You know. Oh, mom. That's why I feel like the whole movie, every time she says We anything. meet right off the bat, Happy Gilmore's mother, who's just looks identical, just a cranky old lady outside the apartment complex yep, in yep. California. Good to see her again. All right, Happy yeah. Gilmore's mom. Her last name was Bay, I believe. It's Francis Bay. Someone help! Shut up, you old pig! Listen, I think the first thing you have to examine is how come in California there don't seem to be any police? These boys are assaulting Daniel left and right. They're pushing him over cliffs. Yeah. Police are never called. No one ever seems to get in trouble. Apparently, they're his, probably on the take. His respect is so great as the All Valley Karate Champion that the police give him a wide berth around town. Yeah, maybe. Hey, 
goes Johnny, the All-Valley Karate Tournament. Leave him and his boys alone. He brings a lot of tourism into this town. Sarge, the... <laughs> at, least, at least 400 people go to that tournament every year. He's a hot property, I tells you. But Sarge, they're dressed as skeletons. They're terrorizing people. <laughs> Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Just let it go. Just let it go. I'm I don't want to have to tell you again. I'm going to need you to turn a blind eye here. <laughs> He's a two-time karate All-Valley <laughs> champion. The new champion! Mr. Miyagi sucks at catching flies. He just sucks at it. Well, he must, right? If Daniel's able to do it immediately, and that's Daniel. It's beginner's luck, as Miyagi says, Scott. He justifies it by saying, Big you beginner he's luck. He's like wide of the mark the whole time. You see, he's like nowhere near you can getting clearly that fly. see the string of the fly. It's <laughs> evident. But come on, hide that better. They hadn't invented CGI yet. There was no possible way. Yeah. But listen, Superman's <laughs> flying at this time in movie technology. You can't tell me there isn't some. Use a clear string. Use yeah. something. I can something see it. Something you could have done. Yeah. And no. Daniel catches it in a really sloppy-ass way. It's not like he catches it on the end of the chopstick. He no. catches it low by... He might as well have grabbed it with his fingers. He catches yeah. it low down in his hand. It's kind of... It's cheating almost. Yeah. So don't kid yourself, Daniel. You didn't do anything great. He pops hey, a Mr. boner. Mr. Miyagi, I yeah. did it. He gets erect. Hey, 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 Mr. Miyagi, look. Look. Since we were talking about Daniel's mom before, I think it's super funny that she left a computer job on the east coast so she could come to the west coast and be the hostess at a restaurant yeah some information was left on the cutting room floor because she's like oh the benefits i can get here i could have never got that doing computers in new jersey what it was the, doing computers it was the industry on the rise in the 80s computers yeah. were, were was the, the thing my mom got a job with some company out here rocket computers flight of the future Never heard of it. It's up and coming. I I find all these movies are victims of like too much dubbing. Yeah. Like there's there's always like they no one can just walk through a door. No one can just like get into a car and be silent. Like everyone has to Mm. be like commenting on what like at one point like uh, I think it's when Miyagi gives him the bonsai tree. Yeah. And he's taking it. He's like, "Hey, ma, this guy's great. He gave me this tree, and I'm closing this door, and I'm walking like it's just like talking about what's it's happening." Talking, he's like, "Yeah, he's great. You got to see this guy, ma. He could do anything." Yeah, could, yeah. There's a lot of that in this it's movie. Like, he's right there. He can hear you. Like, also, that happens when they're driving away from the um, amusement park in his new car. Yeah, and he Daniel's like teaching her how to drive, and they're kind of having a conversation. And she's like, you're, she even kind of talks over her. She's like, you're amazing. And he's like, yeah, now put your foot in the pedal. And like, he ignores that <laughs> wonderful compliment. She's like, you're amazing. And he's like, yeah, now put your fucking foot in the pedal. Yeah, I know. Watch Let's the road. Go. <laughs> like they're having a conversation as they drive away. Like, yeah. you're right. There is a lot of that. It's in this too movie. much of it's it. It's a good yeah. point. <laughs> like they must have watched the first cut and they're like, it's too quiet. Like there's not enough. <laughs> Let's just put it in some bullshit conversation yeah. here. I don't know if you have any material on this, but since you we were kind of talking about that amusement park, Daniel dating Allie is one of the funniest things in this movie. Okay. First of all, it's one of my favorite parts. When the music's playing, they have that montage of them dating. And we're showing them at the video arcade having a great time. Yeah. Daniel and Allie are playing that um, foosball-esque hockey game that was really popular in arcades at the time yeah, where yeah. you control the different hockey players right. and flip a puck yeah. around. And he beats her, and his face, when he fist pumps, the face he makes and the fist pump that he makes, <laughs> like like that fucking guy just won the the world title of something. Yeah. He, 
celebrates more <laughs> at that moment it, facially than he does when he wins the All Valley Tournament. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're on a date with the girl, man. Yeah, I beat her. He's like, like fuck yeah, I beat her in hockey. <laughs> like, you really, you, it, okay, you're dating her. Maybe. Yeah. Ease off. How, how hard do you think she's playing? All right. <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. It's so crazy. Do you play hockey? Uh, well, you know, not professional. <laughs> and you feel the night. Daniel kind of gives up real early with uh, school. And what do you mean he gives up to, early? Like, there's that scene where uh, they're at, like, gym outside and they, like, get tackled or whatever. Because um, he's being bullied, Scott. Yeah, and, but he just goes, school sucks, he's man. He's to say something sucks. He's very... That's that's why he's a good little actor in these films. But it's really funny because it's just school like school sucks. It's day one, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've barely even seen the school. Like yeah, school sucks, man. Right? He's a moody kid. Yeah. All you want to hear is how great it is out here. Well, maybe great for you, but it sucks for me. I hate this place. I hate it. I just want to go home. Why can't we just go back home? I also would like to say that Daniel really dresses terribly throughout this this film. The two best examples are one of the first times he's kind of flirting with Allie at school. He's wearing these camouflage pants with like a solid colored shirt. And when the whole debacle happens at the country club where he thinks that Allie is kissing Johnny, yeah. but really he's, he's kind of just kind of imposing himself upon her. Right. When that whole thing where he's embarrassed in this pasta, why is he wearing that red, ridiculous-looking jacket that makes him look like one of the people that works in the restaurant. Yeah, when he's sneaking in the back, it looks like he like nobody questions him at all. Because but I mean, that is like, a ridiculous looking red and he's jacket. Wearing, and, and not only that, he's like a, wearing all white, all white underneath. underneath it. So for the date, for his date with Allie, he's wearing a completely white outfit with you know a what bright it is? red I, jacket. I guarantee it's because they knew that he's going to get sauce thrown on him. So the so red helps the red come out and it's okay. on a white canvas. Okay, and he looks But that, how ridiculous is it? You're like, what are you wearing? And I'd like to use that as a segue. Okay, so that's ridiculous. Those are just two worst things that he's yeah. dressed as. I'd like to use that as a segue to talk about one of my most hated characters in The Karate Kid. And that is Allie's bitch friend, Susan. Okay. Oh, she gives him shit in the arcade. She gives him shit in the arcade, but and she gives him shit about that incident. That's why I'm connecting it. Yeah. Okay, because she's never been anything but nice to you. Oh yeah, she was so nice. She used me to make what's his name jealous. She doesn't even like what's his name. And I never could have guessed the way the faces were stuck together at that country club. Oh, that's right. You didn't stick around for the uh, exciting conclusion. Oh, what was that? His hand on her ass? Her right hook. You think she sprained her wrist doing her nails? But she hit him. That's an understatement. Why did she say something? She shouldn't have to, or should she? She should, Susan. Yeah. Because it's reasonable. Because it's information. Because that... you had him meet you at the club that he didn't know Johnny was also a member of. Right. And whether what he saw happened or didn't happen, he could still get an explanation. Right. It's not like he did anything wrong. He didn't no. do anything. No. And Susan he doesn't just, like how him he from to know the that? beginning. Not from the beginning. She's constantly ridiculing him. She calls him fungus yeah. early in the first one. I yeah. guess that's to show that even her friends don't approve of the relationship. But really, to hell with you, Susan. Like overly protective. The actress hasn't even off. done anything ever other than this film. Yeah, she Maybe. was so hated as Susan. I hate her so much. <laughs> Go on, Scott. I was going to talk about the Miyagi drunk scene. <sighs> when he gets all loaded up. Kill money, a job on it. Like, man, he's turning him against his own people. Yeah. I mean, I know he came to this country as a young man fleeing from Sato, but yeah, boy. Yeah. 
As soon as you as see soon it. as you see the 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 picture of the woman and the bottle next to each other, as soon as the scene starts, you're like, uh oh, <laughs> something's happening. Like, That's uh, uh Pat Morita's Academy Award nomination scene. Yeah, he was nominated for an Academy Award for this role for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, and you got to think that it's a big chunk of it is that scene. It's the most tender scene of the movie. No it's, question about it. You know, you really get a glimpse of his backstory, and uh, it really cements their friendship. Right, because you see that he never had his son. Right, he never had his exactly. Child. And later on, he even says to Daniel, "He's like, I know you do understand." Like he he acknowledges that he knows that Daniel saw his secret shit. Right. So yeah, it's a very nice scene. There's a couple of moments in the movie that really give me chills now, just watching it. Yeah, I love when Daniel says to him, "You're the best friend they ever had." Yeah. Classic. Uh, yeah. Breaks my Touching, heart every time. Yeah. Touching. And then at the end, of course, of course, when he wins, like Miyagi, we did it, and you see Miyagi like the smile, arms yeah. folded. Yeah, we did. That's all you need to see. Yeah. Like, very slick. Like, those are the things that make it beautiful. Yeah. In my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, on his birthday, on Daniel's birthday, he's celebrating with Miyagi. Okay. Right. And then he goes, oh, shoot. I I told my mom I got to go meet my mom (laughs) to go celebrate my birthday. (laughs) Then Miyagi's like, oh, I give you a gift before you go. Gives him the car. And then he takes that car to fucking golf and stuff or whatever the place is called. Okay. You're going to tell me what? You're going to tell me... And, and never meets his mother. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me the car clearly was not insured or registered. Oh, well, in the no, state of, of course California. not. But you, Miyagi made it known early on that he was like, I don't have a license. <laughs> I drive all the time. And like, yet I know everything about cars. And well, yeah. another one of Miyagi's magic powers yeah. can fix cars easily. He knows the inner workings of, of any uh, car. Yeah. He can just fix he it can in one second. He can feel the car's pain. Yeah. He can massage the car in its own way yeah. and fix it. Yeah. yeah. Even when he doubts him in the second one. <laughs> You're not going to be able to fix that. <laughs> like, How'd you do that? Also, he shows him his license, and it's a piece of paper. And that was the weirdest thing right, to Scott, me. You know what? That's the weirdest thing to you? It's like, it just, it was just strange to see the dating. <sighs> okay. Can't laminated. wait to do an Instagram post based on your amazement over the lack of lamination in Daniel's driver's license. Well, you know, How do you even know? Because I'm very young, so. All right, dickface. <laughs> That's cold. That's a cold piece of business. I bet you think you'd catch the fly while I wouldn't. No. Asshole. No, I would not even try. And then he lets her drive his car. No reason. And like, you want me to drive? You're like, hey, it's the 80s. That's so weird. Yeah. What is that supposed to mean? You're like, Women oh. have been able to drive cars for many years at yeah. this point. What the hell are you talking about? It's not like, 1945. Oh, you're you, you sure? When were women to- not allowed to drive cars? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm on my period. I don't know. Is that going to affect my way I'm going to drive? And again, I... that's at the point where she's like, you're amazing. And he's like, yeah, yeah fucking drive. Now fucking drive. He puts a gun to her. Like, but that joke was what made her say, like, you're the best yeah. fucking guy ever. You're the What an amazing man. You're not a complete sexist. Yeah. <laughs> recognize I should be allowed to drive. Yeah. Hey, it's the 80s, and I don't want to. So <laughs> you do it. <laughs> I'm wasted. And then I, I think I'm ready to get down to the tournament. Look, the big here's the main, a couple of main things about the tournament. This is the most, the least, the least regulated karate tournament in the history of mankind. Daniel's able to sneak in. Miyagi is able to use his name as a dojo with no formal accreditation or. Yeah. He's allowed to claim that he's a black belt by simply stealing another man's black belt. They let her onto the floor as a, an interpreter, despite the fact that she is clearly an American teenager. Right. And obviously, 
doesn't know Japanese isn't interpreted. is not going to be able to interpret that one guy who is a black belt and clearly is a main official of the tournament is fooled in one second by some bullshit. You'd think he'd know something of Japanese realize yeah. that what she's saying isn't really what Miyagi's saying. It's, it's outrageous. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing. I mean, it's, this tournament is a joke. It's <laughs> really a joke. Really? <laughs> so I'm ready to go on to two. Um, Unless you have something further about the tournament you wanted to mention. Some dreams you personally had maybe of winning um, a karate I have tournament. One question. I'll answer it. I'll, I'll, I will allow it. <laughs> Why? If Miyagi has this magic power, do you think that the reason he, he, he's really upset about his wife is that if he was there, he could have saved her life with his magic power, his Miyagi magic? No, because I think at that stage in his life, though his father had taught him many things, he wasn't the Miyagi that he was with Daniel. Yeah. I feel the death of his wife almost contributed to him having that power. Yeah. The drama of it. This is like his superhero backstory we're creating right now. I'll take it. Good. Because if we're talking superheroes, those are the ones I want to talk about. Yeah. Miyagi. And we, and if you want to talk about superhero backstory, then you've got to talk about the Karate Kid part two. Right the circle. Left the circle. Wait, wouldn't it be easier going back and forth? Aye, 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 but you go circle. Now I like the Karate Kid part two. I do too. It falls off a little bit. Make no mistake about it. It's not as good as one, but I like it because to me, it's all kind of one big cool story. Right. But I like this because it's Miyagi's story. And because it's Miyagi's story, the movie's a little more adult than the first one. Agreed. In a way. Not a bunch of kids. It's a bunch of, actually the cast is adult. Right. And I think that's why I watched this one less when I was a child, because as a child, you know, the fantasy is that you're Daniel. Good point. You know what I mean? Good point. So for this one, it's just Daniel's just kind of along for the ride. Along for the ride. And it's taking place and, in, a, in a foreign country. And as a little kid, you're not really, it's right. uncharted it, territory. Yeah, like, and, and I I feel like when I was a kid, anything like Japanese or anything from the East always sure. seemed like treated in movies very foreign and very, yeah. you know. So to me, it was like, maybe I'm not old enough to, sure. you know, understand this or whatever. Sure. Um, um, but yeah, watching it now as an adult, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's even good. if the first one hadn't existed, like I would have watched a movie yeah. like this. It's you know? pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Miyagi's story is interesting. Well, because listen, now we're adults. So now we're seeing Miyagi's point of view. Right. Be aware though, that the antagonist of the film, one of the two antagonists, you have of course, Sato, whose background, I don't really know. He's done a lot of work um, over there in Japan. Yeah. Um, but the character of chosen, Chosen. You know where we know him from? He's one of the two reporters in the John Cusack film, Better Off Dead. He's the one that speaks like Howard Cosell and narrates oh, much of the action. Wow. And he's the one that constantly is forcing uh, Cusack to race him in his yeah, father's yeah, yeah, yeah. station wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly a sight to be hoped. A man beat the once great champ. Now a study in mumpishness. Something happens in the beginning of the Karate Kid 2 that I hate, and it also happens at the beginning of the Karate Kid 3 that I hate. It happens oftentimes in trilogies where they essentially negate a big chunk of the plot. Like, I'm talking right. about, in general, the plot, but in this case, the love story. Right. He's like, yeah, Ali met a... They explain away every movie. Yep. Fell in love with Somebody some else. UCLA football player. Right. Oh, so all that shit meant nothing. Yeah. So it's all uh, a year ago. Yeah. And then when we get to the third movie, 
He's like, yeah, Kumiko's uh, dance. Uh, no, she's like, he's like, oh, she went to Tokyo to do it. I'm like, is that what it was? It's yeah, Tokyo. Like, it's funny that they were like, oh, there's no schools here for that. I'm like, in the entire country? Because yes, there are. You dance very nice. Like Geisha. <laughs> At the beginning, too, not only do they negate the love story, but they recap the whole movie yeah. in the beginning of the second and the third one. But you have to really examine that this is how John Kreese is starting to lose it here. His, his, his PTSD is setting in now. Right. You can't assume he's very good he's at karate. He's lost control. He punch, does the exact same thing twice. He punches through the glass. Yeah. Doesn't even conceive of the fact that Miyagi might, I don't know, step to the side. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Then stares at his bleeding hand like, what the fuck? My, My blood? What? Thank I'm filled you. with blood? Yo, you just quoted... Superman and Superman 2 when he becomes mortal and he sees his blood for the first time oh, yeah. he goes my blood <laughs> my it, blood it's the same w- funny way of saying it yeah yeah like it's the same <laughs> idea that was really good my blood I used to quote that all the time but that's exactly how Kreese's face yeah. is it's like holy shit I bleed too it's exactly what we're no talking idea. about dude it's exactly what we were talking about last time in the Avengers where the Hulk always has a scene where he's like oh, holy yeah. shit things can happen to me <laughs> I can get hurt. But I don't love the honk. I don't love the nose honk. I never do. I, I think it's kind of funny. It's funny in the, in the beginning, but I feel it cheapens the fight at the end. Yeah. A little bit. Wrong. Look at the beginning how, how a flight to Okinawa is the same as Daniel's entire college savings. Yeah. Then later, the cost of half of the... Little Trees store is his college savings. Yeah. Go to college, Daniel. Yeah. It's Go obviously to- not that expensive. <laughs> Go to college. Yeah. What college are you planning on going to? Yeah. I know that, you know, things were cheaper in the 80s, but they weren't that cheap, man. Yeah. He never talks about, like, what college or where. Where? Or what is he's going to community study. college? Is it? What is it? Like. <laughs> on their way to college, they got framed for murder. Whoa. Wait a minute. This is part right in that, that scene, too, with Crease. Where like uh, he roughs up that random black guy who's like a reporter or taking pictures or something. Yeah. And that other guy runs in and goes, "Hey man, what you doing to the brother?" <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, it's so weird. There's this like '80s movie black guy that doesn't really exist anymore. Very few black guys in this film. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're always like one guy on the end of the row uh-huh. of Cobra Kai fighters. This well, one guy. The, well, I'll tell you, the one black guy that was in the Cobra Kai played. Um, Lamar, the gay guy in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. His, <laughs> his name is um, uh, his name is Larry B. Scott, and he's famous for playing Lamar in Revenge of the Nerds. And so he's, you know, yeah. Have any of you guys got dates besides Gilbert? I do. Yeah, but that's with a guy. So there's the scene where uh, the mailman comes to bring the letter from from Okinawa, right? Say that he has to come home because his his father's dying. Yeah. <clears throat> I just noticed why are mailmen always so clueless about the nature of their job <laughs> in movies where he's just chit chatting them up like, Hey, I love this place. You got a lot of this great Japanese crap around. Oh, my wife would love this. Can I bring her by sometime? Oh, I see it. You're too, you're busy. So I'll come just, back another time. Just so, like, that, just so that Mr. Miyagi can like disrespect him and ignore him. Yeah. Like he's perfectly friendly and Miyagi's like, ignore. I mean, dead ass ignores him. He's yeah. Like, well, uh, okay. Another time, I guess then. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, okay, great. Like, I'll what see was you. this to show that I guess Miyagi is so preoccupied by his father's death yeah. that he can't even be like, oh, But that's sorry. what I mean is like well, the mailman wouldn't think like maybe this is a very important letter. It's right. from Japan. It's like, weird from both sides, Scott. Yeah. Both the mailman and Miyagi are not without fault in that it scene. It reminds me of the scene in A League of Their Own. Where he comes and he's like, ah, mail call. I got something from the government about one of your husbands dying. And <laughs> I always got to be here and doing this. And like just <laughs> clueless to the fact, totally insensitive. And then in the movie, Penny Marshall makes a point of hitting every single girl's face with the camera as if to say, yeah. will her husband die? Will her husband <laughs> Find die? Find out next time I mean, on A League of Their girls Own. are not married. It's like. Will it be someone she knows? Yeah. Oh, no, it's fucking Betty Spaghetti. Join us next time who? on Whose Husband's <laughs> Dead. Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> so they get to Okinawa. Okinawa, weirdly very formal still. Still seems to be living in the feudal ages where honor means everything. Yeah. But well, really, particularly that village. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like there's a military base right there. The whole area is subsidized by the American military to the point where they're clearly in the bars later. Right. It's Daniel's own arrogance that gets him in trouble in the ice chopping contest. Which is one of the weirdest scenes I've well, ever how, seen. How is Daniel going to be talking shit in front of, like, military guys? He's like, oh, these guys got it all wrong. I won a karate tournament in California. <laughs> well, he's trying to impress her. I guess so. But it's not like she, for God's sake, she's surrounded by karate masters yeah. in yeah. Okinawa. Yeah, I think she knows. Stop mansplaining right. to her right. how karate works. This muscular guy is trying to break this ice or whatever, but yeah. Daniel knows more than the trained soldier because yeah. he won the tournament. That scene's also weird just because people keep entering the scene. Like, it's just like, first it's the, it's the, the nephew, town. and then Sato, like, and then get fucking... Sato. Yeah, and All then right, Miyagi, Miyagi comes in. Like, it's just ridiculous. Something's going on down at the bar. Yeah, but like, how small is this town that listen, there was a bit of a ruckus and ice, everyone came running? Ice breaking gets a big audience. Yeah, you apparently. are covered, nephew. Because you I cannot cover covered. that. He, by the way, <laughs> Sato is Come like easy. the the most stereotypical '80s Japanese businessman mean. anime yeah. kind He's of so like. We will fight Like you know, it's just it's over the top. It's <laughs> he seems actually He's like the yakuza. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He seems like it reminds me of that actually the Kill Bill section the yeah, the anime yeah. Kill Bill section with the crime like boss. This, the Kill Bill crime yeah. Boss. <laughs> but uh, just unbudging until his own life is threatened, and yeah. then when we see him again, he's dressed up as like a an aid worker before he's all in suits, yeah. pristine suits. Then all of a sudden he, he looks like. A, in his brown, like... Yeah, he looks like he's a UPS driver or something when he gets the show. A forest aid worker or something. He's like, I'm here yeah. to plant crops for everyone. <laughs> what? I've turned over a new leaf. Why couldn't you still help this village? Yeah, not only that, it seems like he's dubbed the whole movie except that last scene. Because, like, it's always, it's always over the top. Like, we'll fight, Miyagi! Oh! <laughs> like, yelling and being so intense. And In the last scene, he's like... I'm here to help. You know, like, he's just very <laughs> quiet, right. subdued. He's really like, he's like, your student teach me. He taught me a lot. Like, you <laughs> Why know, like, is Daniel wow. even weighing in here? Like, <laughs> we have the dance at the, at the castle, the bone dance at the castle? Isn't that where it should be anyway? The fuck do you know, How outsider? How do you know anything about this culture? Are you uh, arranged, like, you know, <laughs> to marry somebody? Oh, no. That's oh. Of course, on the street, she's like, that is my dream, to be a dancer. All right, well, 
Yeah, and it, it takes forever to get there because he's got to be a fucking wise guy for 10 minutes. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is my dream. What, to own a store with appliances? <laughs> no, here. Oh, what, to be on TV? No, here. I want to be a fucking dancer. Why aren't you listening? He's no respect, really, for, for her part of the culture yeah. or, like, her yeah. own dreams and goals. Yeah, cool. Go for it. Whatever. Like, uh, We're at the fight at the end, right? You ready for that? Yeah, yeah. How did no one see chosen sneaking up and riding down that wire how was he able to do that without even the movie seems to not realize it's happening yeah like it's really yeah. filmed in a kind of in a cool way it surprises everyone yeah it's almost like someone tapped the cameraman on the shoulder and was like holy shit this is the part when chosen comes in right yeah and he kind of comes out of the background and you're like what the fuck's going on here yeah well, they, really, well, they really disguise it well. I, you know, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. The only thing I really remembered was the drum, like the whole thing of that yeah. was the way of fighting, which is essentially just punching a lot. Yeah, just kind of roundhouse punches, right. a series of roundhouse punches. So I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh, the storm, right? And then they decide not to fight. And you're watching that dance, and I was kind of like, I swear to God, there's a fight at the end of this movie. Yeah, oh, of yeah I seem to remember there Come being on, a fight, Scott. and then when he jumps yeah. out, I'm like, ah, there it there is. is. Oh, thank God, and there it's is a good fight. fight. It's a cool yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. And listen, this movie again, not afraid that he's whooping this. He's punches the girl. Yeah, threatening the girl. Seriously, look, the stakes are high, man. We didn't care. All of them. All the bad guys are like they're like uh, they abuse women. Racial. They're, they're racial. Yeah, they have, yeah. It's good. Fucking, I mean, look, it's not unlike an '80s film to paint things in broad, broad strokes right. so that we right. see that it's the bad guy. Well, For that God's was why sake, we were saying the other, in a past episode that Nazis are like the greatest villain sure. because it's easy to go, well, nobody likes Nazis. Well, listen, They're I, terrible. I don't know that we mentioned this, but another good example of that is, for God's sake, in the movie Coming to America, they make the bad guy just casually a rapist. In a conversation oh, yeah. with Eddie Murphy, he's like, Yes, where I'm from, we have to be very aggressive. You know, I'm all for that. Especially with women. You know... They may not admit it, but they all want a man to take charge, tell him what to do. It's about honor. He has no honor. That's the least honorable thing you yeah. can do. Yeah, yeah. So they're showing these fucking threatening a woman. Fuck, yeah, you know. Fuck this guy. Kick, kick, kick his, his ass, ass Daniel. Yeah. Kill him if you have but to. But that's the thing is because they always have to like stretch it to like, all right, what what has to happen to make you fight? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And like when you get to that point, you're like, well, no one could stand back and let that happen. Right. You're like, you, you've got to kick his ass. Yeah, yeah. So you never like in that way, the main characters are kind of blameless mm -hmm. because like they tried their hardest not to fight. Good point. You know, and it Good keeps point. us like, oh, they're pure. They're more because you always I often always think of them and as opposed to Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is obviously evil. They're obviously like pure good. Yeah. You know, you're right. And then, of course, that gets turns on its head in the, uh, the third movie. Ugh, a little the bit. Third movie. Boy. Ah, very good. And your son. Up. Down. Up. Down. Now. Let me tell you something, Scott. The third movie is outrageously bad. Does what every bad, usually bad third film does. Is it tries to rekindle the magic of the first film, having departed from it so much in the second film. Right. The difference here was that the second film was good. Yeah. Though the second film got a bad rap at the time, Scott. People didn't love the second film. A lot of people didn't like that it was such a departure from the first film. So yeah, that's why. I can see that. Yeah. They so, feel like two very different movies. Right. And in, in trying to bring back what made the first movie so great wait they really almost made a carbon copy it ends at the tournament it yeah. has the love interest it's the constant bullying the con it's the same film but done much worse but john but honestly it's kind of fine you could have made the third movie plot line work where it was cobra kai coming back 
but it should have been John Kreese mm. is the only bad guy. Agreed. Because this bad guy is one of the worst bad guys I've ever seen in a movie before. His name is Thomas Griffith, playing Terry Silver. Terrible. CEO of the company Dynatox. I know. So, like, like oh, can you might as well call it Evil Incorporated. Uh, it, it, like, exactly. And what's he Dynatox. saying in that one phone? He's on the phone with someone. He's like, just dump the... Don't bullshit me. What do you mean you can't dump it in Borneo? Who in Borneo knows what chloride sludge is? Just do it. Do it. Call me when it's dumped. Villain's just silly. He's a caricature. He's yeah. not, you know, he's it's, not a real person. Ugh, it's terrible. When he hires those guys to join Cobra Kai, he's taking a bath. He's sitting there in the bathtub with these teenage boys that he's hiring. And I'm like, this is very strange that you <laughs> would do really it while strange. in the bathtub. Like, if you were in a hot tub, that's one thing. You're wearing your trunks, whatever. <laughs> but he's in the bath. There's bubbles. Yeah. He's clearly naked in yeah, there. We get how powerful you are. It's still not something. That, it's so yeah. strange. Like To be a bad boy in L.A., Snake's the boy to be bad with. Right, Snake? <laughs> Macho is like, in a weird body kind of transformation in this movie where you're like, oh, you look so much older. He, he looks Christopher Moltisanti. Yes. <laughs> like, he looks just so like, oh, you're, you're going full Guido. Like, you're becoming, yeah. At least 27. You're becoming Uncle Louie at this he's point. He's 27, but in this movie, he's like, supposed to be like 18. Yeah. But right. in reality. It's a year later. Yeah. And you're like, what? How? He, he really grew up all in Japan, huh? <laughs> you're weak. You're out of control, and you become an embarrassment to yourself and everybody else. Some more bad dubbing um, when they're climbing down to get the tree. And she goes like, wait, where's the tree? And he's like, right there. It's right over there in that rock. She's like, oh, yeah, there it is. Meanwhile, their relationship was just garbage. That is, I was telling you that the other day, that the reason that they had a friendship and not a relationship is that when this movie was filmed, Machio was 27. She was 17. So she was actually underage. Right. So rather than have the movie, I don't know, use acting, clever writing, something to still increase the stakes and make it right. a love interest, they just decide to cop out and it make them friends. It seems like without the Fuck love off. interest, it seems like the only reason she's there is to accompany Daniel when Miyagi will not. Because there's a lot of times where Daniel has to be kind of on his own in this Good movie. Point. And Miyagi refuses to train him. So she's just a, a vessel, basically, well, look, to have a, a companionship. She's playing the part of a love interest without the love. So the knowing shots of her face looking concerned are love interest shots. In this case, what? It's a friend's? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Give me the tree. Daniel, don't. No. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> All right! All right! Enough with the bonsai tree already. You've made your point. Yeah. We, what was a cool symbol in the first film, not even really mentioned in the second film too much. Yeah. Really, they take it. It's a major league plot line in the third film. And you're like, give me a break. Miyagi's repelling down a mountain. I mean, yeah. listen, he's got powers. Don't get me wrong. He's got the magic bath salts in this movie that can do even greater healing than just his massage healing powers. And so maybe he can rappel down the mountain. But I find it hard to believe. I mean, Daniel's got to get himself all perfectly rigged up. Yeah. And what, the, the best climate for the bonsai tree is only on this cliff on the side of the mountain? So the sun can hit it. How did you know that? Yeah. How did you find that little cliff? You study this area? It doesn't you? seem... It's Miyagi's own fault that shit got all fucked up and broken. Yeah. It's his own fault. There's, Whether Bar Mike Barnes broke it or not, who cares? They could have gotten there and the thing would have been all fucked up. I know. Like, He's like, oh, I'm know? just keeping it there. It's my, uh, it's my retirement fund. What? Leave it in your house. Like, <laughs> why, I, why would you put it out in the middle of nowhere somewhere? What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Miyagi kind of becomes like his Alfred for a little while in the movie. Yeah. Like every time he gets hurt, he comes back and like, oh, I put your foot 
That's always the thing because Daniel's whole thing is to constantly be injured and bullied and hurt. He's constantly bruised. The kid, like, I'm surprised he's not more fucked up. Because he's obstinate. His character just won't just get the message. So he just gets fucked up all the time. Then, of course, are we we ready to talk about the end a little bit? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go for the end. I want to just say that the fight is it's horrible. What was the coolest part, maybe, of the first film tournament? Yeah. Which was rich in details about the tournament. As as far-fetched as we just claimed it was and as silly as it was, it was right. still fun. They showed you the tournament. They showed you the details. They yes. showed Daniel learning the tournament rules and figuring out how to win in the tournament, how, right. to, how to do well, how to ex- excel in the tournament. He was yeah. the best around, for God's sake. He's the best. In this around. one, they change the rules of the tournament so he only has to fight in the finals, which is... That's how exciting is that? One fight. One fight. Like, okay, so so that we only have to work this climactic moment. So we don't have to start training until 15 minutes before the end of the movie. Like exactly, they cheapen out on what they're going to give us in the in the finals, so that they can backload us and other shit we don't care about. Mm-hmm. Instead of just showing us the fucking tournament, and it just ends up being boring. I'm like, show the us tournament the tournament is him getting wrong. his ass whooped, yeah. ass whooped, ass whooped, ass yeah, whooped, yeah. time after time again, just continuing to get his ass kicked. Nothing interesting about it. Their plan is working perfectly till one tiny slip up at the end. Yeah. Really? Because what does Daniel do? Something ridiculous. We yeah. talked about it. He does the kata. kata. You'd never see. That's It's an absurd thing to do. But yeah. once Miyagi agrees to find, now will you train me? I. That's I, all they, that they yeah. seem to do is to music. Training to music. Yeah. And Training it. to the magic of Zomfir. The and then you know karate. Yeah. You know kata. I could train you in how to do a kata right now. It doesn't mean if you fought someone, it would help in any way. Yeah. Katas are specifically meant to fight groups of people anyway. So to fight one guy using it defeats the purpose of a kata, of right. the Miyagi. So he's correct by saying that it's useless in a one-on-one fight. Yeah. Yeah. No one does and it. And yet I- it works. Because, again, it's, the, it's surprise. Just like the first movie, everyone's like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. Finish that, him. Yeah. Con- in the fir- now, but in the first movie, it's cool. Finish him! You're yeah. like, all right. This time it's like go. It's so wimpy. It's like go get the point. Go, yeah, kata kata. Like, but I'm saying like Terry Silver's not even yelling at something cool. He's like, come on, get the point. Come on, like it's yeah. not even a cool thing. It's not finish him. It's, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting uh, enough of the thing of like get a point then lose a point sort of thing. And I was like, it's a little convoluted, but at the same time, whatever. I was like, so the yeah. strategy is to just beat him up in front of people. You were kicking his ass without rules. Yeah. Now the real ass kicking is. In the tournament in front of people? Yeah, so they can stand sense. there and look like they're getting off on this fucking shit. Yeah, it's really, like, their logic is in. He literally has a line, he says, I love it when he pounds him. Yeah. You're like, what are you what's wrong with fuck? you? What's going on with How? you? Like, you need to both seek some help. Like, weren't you in Vietnam? <laughs> yeah, like, you should talk to somebody. This is the height of what, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, again, Chris <laughs> has PTSD. Chris sure. has PTSD. Silver is just is just evil. He's- I don't know. It would seem that he's a little fucked up in the head too. Well, maybe. Maybe he really enjoyed the war. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. Anything else on the Karate Kid three, which we both seem to have hated? Ted. No, that's it. It was awful. Terrible. I mean, it was awful. Um, a sharp fall off. And even the last shot where you, you they show Miyagi again, it's the same shot. It's almost a, sh- a shot by shot remake in some places but with less impact. Yeah. 
Uh, so, yeah. Roger Ebert said it best when he gave a terrible review to this film. He said something to the effect of, I have mastered all of the lessons the Karate Kid has to teach. There's nothing more it can teach me by the time I've gotten to this third film. Yeah. That's kind of really how I feel as well. Yeah. Not only has it taught me all the lessons in terms of theme and conflict, personality and peoples, peoples. It's and, acceptable. And people. But it's also taught me all the lessons I need to know about constructing this kind of film, what makes one successful, and now what makes one terrible. Yeah. Show me paint a house. I say, list. Phil is not unlike Daniel himself. No, yeah. I, I could see that, that, you know, very plausibly being Phil's backstory. He left northern New Jersey. Yeah. For California. Yeah. With a woman, not his mother, not his, his mother, girlfriend, but, yeah. but with a woman. Yeah. He got there and he's adrift. He's not sure of who he is or what he is. Yeah. He's trying to fit in. Um, and now I've set it up so that he's going to try and find a mentor for himself, a Miyagi of his own that can show him the way. A sensei. Hey there, folks. Phil here, your West Coast correspondent for the Trilogy Podcast. This week, I'll be trying to find my own Mr. Miyagi. I'm looking for someone with one or all of Mr. Miyagi's characteristics. So I've put out ads looking for people who uh, range from handymen to war veterans to the elderly to people from Okinawa. I've got a handful of candidates to be my sensei coming today. So let's see what we get. Gladys. Hello. Okay. What makes you think you'd be right for this position? Here am I. Okay, thanks for coming in. Okay now, Bill, say it's Halloween and I get cornered by a group of karate teens. How can I be sure that you're going to show up and rescue me? I'm sorry. I, I think there's been some sort of mistake. I, I'm here for the handyman position. Now, ma'am, is this right? You lived in Okinawa for 50 years before moving here? Wow. You must have so many fascinating stories. Tell me. What was it like growing up in Okinawa? Ma'am? Oh, 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 Jesus Christ, it's awful. Oh, my God, stop. Please stop. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> I think she's dead. I have to say, Leonard, I'm very impressed with this resume. Thank you. Former Marine, trained in martial arts, currently working as a mechanic. Your grandfather's from Okinawa, and is this right? Your middle name is actually Miyagi? Yes, but actually it's pronounced Miyagi. Oh, well, close enough. Welcome aboard. Sorry, the ad wasn't clear. What is this for? Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to be my sensei. You're going to help me improve my life and gain the confidence to face my problems head on. Uh, which may or may not involve waxing cars, painting fences, trimming bonsai trees. Oh my god, is this a karate kid thing? Well, yeah, actually, it... Again? Fucking Cobra Kai! Third time in two months! Thanks for fucking nothing. Wait, See wait, ya. wait I, I need your help. Take your hand off me right now. Oh, all right, take it easy there, old-timer. Old-timer? <gasps> I'm 52 years old, and I'll achieve more in my life than you ever will. Now apologize. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Apology accepted. <coughs> oh. <coughs> um, thanks for coming. That didn't go as planned at all. 
Well, I guess it never does. Not I guess really. we really shouldn't be surprised at this. Uh, you'd think that he would know better. In, yeah, I mean, you always hope. His intentions were good. Oh, of course. He's not a bad guy, you know. Well, you know what it is? No bad student. Bad teacher. Yeah, you're right. He needs a good teacher. Now, I think that really Phil, I think Phil may be a bad student, though, too. Yeah, probably. Probably. Okay, so this marvelous trilogy, this has given me so much joy. Yeah, sure you know, as much as joy as you got from Batman Avengers, I'm so glad we finally touched this. This was a this. real treat, actually, to yeah. go back and watch these movies. It's fun, yeah. really. It yeah. also gives you a sense of the period of time, too. So 80s. Yeah. It's so happily 80s. You know, much as we tease, tease it the way we tease uh, a younger brother, you know, we ruffle his head, but right. we, we love him, too. Sure. Um, at the same time, this movie gives us a positive 80s. All the goodness of the 80s. Yes. All the cool positive stuff Positive messages. The 80s. Yeah. And fighting evil and yeah. fighting sexism and, and some, racism. And some of the cool, yeah. In its own kind of... Small way. That small way that. and sort of 80s misinformed kind of a way. Yeah. Doing the best it can. Right. You know? And, and I, I, you know, I will say that about the way they depict Okinawa and all this stuff. I feel like it's as sensitive as the 80s could have been. Agreed. Like, they they really, they didn't, you know, completely cheapen it. The only time you hear any kind of, like, stereotypical or racist shit is from the bad guys. But the way they portrayed Okinawa and everything, it seemed, I, I, I don't know, I don't know that much about their culture, but. Scott, I think you'll agree with me that we just did the Rush Hour trilogy, and Rush Hour is vastly more offensive than this film oh, was yeah. towards Asian people. Yeah, I think flagrantly. I think this film may be a little, these films may be a bit clunky in places, but their intentions are in the right place. Yeah, I think they, they're respectful about it. And they use the martial arts. They use karate, something that is, you know, an Asian art form. Right. You know, in a good way to show all the good things that it can be. Yeah. Unfortunately, the third movie for me disqualifies this from being a successful trilogy. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Do I love the first two movies? I sure do. I would put the first movie up there with, my top 10 films of all time. Loved it. Yeah. Like a relative to me. Yeah. It comes on. It's like I'm seeing a friend. Yeah. And the second film isn't far behind at all. But this third film is such a cash grab, such a film devoid of imagination, creativity, and good acting that I've got to say that the trilogy is unsuccessful because of it. And of course, I'll rank them one, two, three. You know, I'm going to completely agree. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, two thirds of it are pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. So I want to say it's successful, but really that third movie was just, it, I mean, it's what makes it the trilogy and it was just hot garbage. And it like, wasn't, it's nothing about it is salvageable. There were no redeeming qualities right. at all. There's other films. Him opening the bonsai tree store was the thing. I was like, that's cute. But like other right. than everything else was terrible. Like, Agreed. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm going to agree and say it's a one, two, three as well. Yep. And it's unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Much as we love the Karate Kid. One and two are very close, honestly. I mean, it's yeah. a tough call to even say one and two. They're but. very different films. It depends on your taste. Yeah. I think you maybe give it to one over two for sheer originality. Yeah. And because of that, just that rousing conclusion. The tournament's so cool from kind of beginning to end. The yeah. emotions, the music, everything. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, After all the drama and pain that I went through with the superhero Ooh. films, we finally got to do a trilogy that it was near and dear to my heart and it felt great to do it. Karate Kid, thank you so much. And um, it works out great with the uh, the Cobra Kai series that's come out on YouTube. Check it yeah. out. Which is very good. I've, I've, I've gone through all of it. Uh, it's very enjoyable. If you're a fan of the Karate yep. Kid, yep. you'll love it. And it takes it, you know, we talked about this in a big way in the trill bit that complements this episode. Yeah. All right. So, Scott, as we go out here, 
Are you ready to give me a, a bonsai? Bonsai! 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 All right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Bye.